Lexus Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello everyone, welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 7, a mighty season 22. Uh, lovely to have you along. Uh, all the boys are with me at the top. We've got Jack Bengen, um with a poorly hound. Hello Jack Bengen. Hello Tony Simpson, it's been nice to see you uh, taking the power that you wield over the Absolute Rally podcast <laughs> and you've started banning cars in the BTRDA, that's quite impressive. <laughs> uh, you know what, should we talk about that a bit later on? Should we at least get through the intro first and then we'll we'll, we'll talk about what, what I've hey, done? Hey listen, it's your train set mate, after the power you've shown this week, I'm not arguing with you. <laughs> Oh, God, you've had that in your back pocket, haven't you? You've been waiting for that moment. Bless your little cotton socks. Um, my, 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 I'm just going to go straight to my colleague, Trevor Agnew, for some, for some solidarity, really, brother. Are you all right, Trev? Yeah, I'm wonderful. Thanks, mate. It's great to know that you've got a train set and a rally championship now. <laughs> so everything's happening, isn't it, in your life? <laughs> oh, God, this is where it's going to go, isn't it? Uh, and what this is why people don't do nice things in rallying. Yeah. <laughs> And one man who, to be fair, to me was incredibly, you know, similar age to me last week. But over the last last few days, it's suddenly become a lot older to me. Ryan Champion, hello. Really? I don't feel any older. Yeah, but, it's uh, just, I don't know what it is, but you've definitely, it, there was definitely a moment recently where I thought, oh, he looks, looks a bit older than what I remember. Right, thanks. Thanks, yeah. that's maybe what social media does for you, is it? Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anyway, there you go. So are you all right, Ryan? Yes, not bad at all. Thank you. Uh, just freshly back from Sweden and in quarantine, despite having, I don't know, 16 tests so far this year and another three to go. So, yeah, all good. Yeah, all, all good. Doing big doing big skids, slides. Done a few skids. Uh, it's been really nice, actually, to be out in Sweden with, with Below Zero, obviously, with what's uh, what's going on. Didn't know if we'd get out there. Didn't know if we'd be able to operate a driving experience out there. So, um, yeah, been great to run sort of 20 days for our overseas clients. Uh, are we allowed to ask if, the, if there's anybody that we know? Oh, is, that, uh, or is, that, is it a confidential thing? I don't know. It's always a weird one, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, uh, yes, uh, yeah. I guess it, I guess it is confidential who goes and who doesn't. But no, not not really. I mean, uh, this year I think it's mostly been we have a lot of um, repeat clients, a lot of racing clients. Actually, just spill the beans, and... Ryan. Just everybody <laughs> screaming. Just spill the beans. Um, uh, no, no, there's there's nobody I think that would be high profile for this show. Okay, okay, I'll have that then. I'll have that. Um, right, boy, is it because of the way rallies are working at the moment, because of where our, our episodes are, this is technically, this part of the podcast is going to be pretty much like an extended any other business uh, in, in the sense of we can go absolutely anywhere. A little bit later on, um, because we rolled out the red carpets of invitation to the man that runs the, the Richard Burns fan page on Facebook, Dave Welford, who we know listens to the show. We've got Dave coming on as a guest later on. Now, we've never had him on before. So uh, quite exciting. We haven't recorded it yet. So we don't know where it's going to go, how it's going to go. But Dave's going to be coming up in about half an hour anyway. But so that gives us, it gives us a bit of a chance to kind of talk about other stuff that normally maybe we wouldn't touch upon. Should we do the elephants in the room now? I think you may need to elaborate for those listeners that have no <laughs> yeah. idea what we're talking about. All right, let's, let's, let's go there then. Okay. If there's any listeners left. If there's any listeners left, <laughs> if you've stayed with us thus far anyway. So, um. So there was an announcement that went out in the UK over the weekend that uh, the National Gravel Championship has got a new R2 1600 Cup, uh, which um, I have put together along with some other people. And we've created some prize funding and a fantastic uh, array of prizes for the overall championship. So um, it's for under 25s and 1600 you know, the older first generation, I suppose, R2. So you've got obviously the Fiesta, you've got the Skoda, you've got um, Citroen C2 R2, the 208, an array of R2s who've got their own strengths and weaknesses. And, and we kind of thought that would be a really good place to start. Really good fun cars, um, sensible to run now. And I think that to me personally, the the, the, the entry level for, for any aspiring junior driver. So along with David Williams, who, of course, um, if you're not aware, Tom Williams' dad, of course, who we we seen WRC now, and, and David was, of course, was 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 management behind Richard Burns as well. David and I put our heads together, and we came up with some prize funding. And then, as ever, you start speaking to your friends and your colleagues, and obviously, Kielder got involved um, and putting some prizes together for the overall champion. Trev, very kindly, I managed to cajole him into getting involved and offering some coaching for the young drivers as well, and. 
and, and, and offering some next steps coaching for them. Um, we've got notes from on the pace note for the following year and DVDs. We've got an R5 test courtesy of Steve Black. Uh, and Callum Black, a 5A6 engineer at the end of the year, uh, Shepard Capero, uh, Mark Taylor, of course, famously used to run the BRC, now runs the motorsport division of that insurance company. They're involved in supporting us as well. So it was a meeting of a lot of people that um, I've done business with or uh, I've worked with or have sponsored me over the years. And I just wanted to try and kind of give something back, boys, to be honest with you. And, and rather than put, you know, without talking about it too, we have, I have sponsored drivers and I have supported drivers over the last 17 years at different points of the careers. And rather than put money into one driver this year, we thought we'd spread it over a few different things and try and offer a championship for young drivers. And, you know, a big reason why I got one to Trev involved as well is to, to, to kind of offer a little bit of education outside of the car as well about maybe next steps and not necessarily next steps of, of being a professional rally driver. Maybe, and just maybe you, you look at, you know, I know, Rai, you, you aspire to be a professional rally driver, and you have been a professional rally driver, but you weren't a WRC driver, but you have got a very nice life off the back of that experience, haven't you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, all all of what I do in terms of work came from came from rallying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, on the back of rallying, I, I started work for uh, for car manufacturers doing events, which which has continued today. So through that and uh, driver coaching, driver training, um, then uh, yeah, all, all the work I've got has, has come from rallying. And I think uh, you know, Trevor's got a Trevor's gone down a slightly different path, but our paths have crossed a lot over the years. You know, we we've both got an awful lot out of rallying. And, you know, I, I started our business 17, well, 18 years ago this year. And, you know, a, a, a big part of it was, was being involved in the motorsport sector and event sector. Um, you know, I would never have got the opportunities to talk to the people who I talked to if I wasn't competing. So, again, Trev, um, for me, it's always been the bigger picture, not necessarily, you know, I, I, I certainly wasn't blessed enough with the, with the talent to become a professional rally driver. I've done some incredible things and done things way beyond what I thought I was ever going to as a kid, but I came to it relatively late as well. But I suppose what we're trying to do is, is create some steps to, 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 to help people to think necessarily outside of the conventional box about, you know, maybe, maybe being a driver or whatever is not necessarily the way, but you know, the, the, the key skills that they learn or the, the, the experiences that they get learn and the con- connections, which I know you're very big into, just, you just no idea how further down the line they're going to help you. Yeah, and there's lots of things that Ryan has learned over the years since he was at the height of his, I suppose, competition career, uh, you know, competing at the very highest level, that things that he's learned about standing up in front of people, presenting to them, about training a group of people, about talking to people, uh, about uh, selling himself to sponsors, all those types of things. It's fair to say, Ryan, we've had conversations over the years that if you had had that knowledge in the early days, that you would have maybe been in a different place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you obviously evolve as a as a person um, as, as as you grow older, and and as we've talked about, if you can impart some of that knowledge and information to to young drivers, I mean, um, you know, over the years we've been lucky that manufacturers or sponsors the likes of shell have been involved the likes of peugeot or whatever and 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 that just isn't there so anything any opportunity to to give back to the sport and to help younger drivers with knowledge that um it they would maybe only learn the hard way if we can give them a head start give them that knowledge a little bit earlier on however that uh, happens that's that's got to be a good thing and that was the ethos of of what i came up with uh and as i say with david and then turn to all the people who were listed before and they all kind of I suppose I sold them the idea as well as that and, and, and again I think there's a little bit of attitude towards this as well Trev which I think you'll probably like is that I was doing this one way or the other and I was going to put everything in place that we've done prize wise but if I could convince people to do it out the goodness of their heart so it wasn't going to cost me anything then brilliant and you know I, I, I went with the attitude this is what I'm doing this is what's happening do you want to be part of it as opposed of can I have your help to do this, please? And I think it creates a very different vibe almost to the conversation when you say, this is what we're doing. And surprisingly, most of the people, once they've heard what we're doing, want to help as opposed to me asking them for it, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense, yeah. And even <clears throat> the fact that uh, 
that Ryan and Jack have a lot of experience between them. Certainly part of my involvement will be getting them involved and having conversations with them, maybe in some sort of a forum, a webinar, uh, where the guys can listen in and just find out a little bit more about some of the skills that they'll need, apart from pressing the pedals and turning the wheel, which a lot of them will be very good at anyway. So just expanding that knowledge, uh, teaching them that they can learn some of these communication skills, that they can have the self-confidence. And that's a big thing when you start and move up the ladder. So, you know, if I look at the people that I've sort of interviewed, uh, the successful people over the last year, uh, a lot of it's down to the relationships that they build and how do you start building a relationship, uh, what skills do you need to be able to do that? Those are the things that I think we can we can educate these uh, these people on and, and help them. Um, and, and just maybe, as you said at the outset, just think of it a little bit differently um, and, and not just uh, think of it all about the skills that you need to drive a car fast. So it's expanding that really. And, and Tony, just I know you've had some comments from people saying that, well, their cars aren't allowed and, and why isn't their car allowed? But when I did the 106 Cup a few years ago now, admittedly, but you weren't allowed to use a Citroen Saxo. Yeah. And that was the same car. <laughs> no, I get you. I, I don't know. I know. But, I, you know, I don't want to I don't want to focus too much on that. Um you know, I'm just, I just really want to get, get going. And, you know, obviously the other thing I, th- I suppose we all wanted to do, uh, I'll bring you in on this, Jack from, and it, it wasn't a PR thing as such. It was more to do about, I wanted to give some good news because we ain't had a great deal of it recently, especially when it comes to rallying. And, you know, I still believe there's, I still believe there's a lot of stuff to still come out in national rallying in the UK right now, which we're, we're not all fully aware of and not all of it. I, I'm afraid is I'm genuinely afraid for some of the futures of, of of events and things like that. But I wanted to have a good news story and give you know something for people to work towards. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 a great story. I, I quite enjoyed just sitting and listening to, the, to everything behind it there, and uh, you know the input from from Ryan and Trevor because there's you know there's so much to learn from from people like Ryan and Trevor. Not just those people specifically, although I do respect both of you massively, even though we do take the mick out of each other all the time on the podcast, but you know, there's people who, you know, there's quite a few people who've got to, to, to you guys levels and look back and think they, you know, that they could have done different things differently or, you know, achieved some different things that they maybe weren't able to in, in their career with a bit of help at, at the beginning. So yeah, you know, I've got a lot of respect for what you're doing, Tony. I think it's, um, I think it's really good. And, you know, you're always going to get people on social media who, um, you know, aren't quite happy with what you're doing or they would have done it differently. But at the end of the day, they're not doing it. You, you are. So, you know, as, as you explained to Trev, you know, you've gone into this with the, you know, the, the mindset of, you know, this is to, you know, you, you, you know, you, you're not doing this from a, from a business point of view necessarily. It's more to do with the fact that you, you know, identified an area where you think you can help young people and uh, that's the service that you, you know, kind of provide them with. So that's, that's fantastic. And I don't see anyone else doing that at, at that level, you know, with those class of cars, which is a really important entry point, as you said. And yeah, you know, I think we've seen so many people, you know, in, in, in current WRC level anyway, you know, come through that, that class of R2 car. So, you know, it's clearly a, a really good proving ground. It's been one of the most competitive you know, parts of the BTR day for a long time now. And yeah, you know, looking forward to uh, seeing what the action's like next year. Well, it'll be this well, year. this year even. And it should be year. this year. Yeah. And, and I mani- you've managed to talk your way. Uh, I know so Trev just managed to slip in there that you're going to be doing it as well. And I like the fact that you've managed to try and talk your way out of that um, in, in, in the last statement. But you, you, you're in now. What so, am I talking myself? I didn't. I didn't know I'd talk myself into anything, to be honest. Well, you hadn't. But Trev, Trev just mentioned that you're going to be doing some of the webinar stuff with him. So, All right. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to there's, help. There's loads of Czech can help with, and no better man to do it. And, uh, and, and Ryan as well, you know. And again, it's just taking it to uh, taking a different approach. We, we certainly see, we always see a lot of um, if you've got assessments for awards and things that got the media get involved and they do interview people, but we rarely see uh, evidence of anybody helping, you know, from that point of view. So just Jack's a load of experience that he can bring to it. And, I don't and gloss over his driving career, Trev. I mean, come yeah, on. He's, driving he's, or he's co-driving? Both. He's technically the most rounded out of all of us. He was I don't mean lockdown weight, by the way. I mean, I mean in, in general, you know, he's got the media side, he's drove, he's co-drove. You know, he's, he's, he's the top. Jack, Jack's new name is not absolute banging. It is just the total package. 
I think as well, you know, oh, from a promotional <laughs> point of view, if this, if this series is a success this year, the World Championship is crying out for a front-wheel drive championship as well. We've seen that. <laughs> so we may as well aim at the highest level. That's, that, that just, just very quickly, because I'm really conscious of time as well. As ever, we were, we were concerned about time that we weren't going to fill it <laughs> and look at where we are now. But, uh, right, you went with us last week. Just very, very quickly. Um, the, the the end of the use of front wheel drive cars in WRC as a, a as a a, a class um, championship, if you like, um, was that a little bit of a shock for you? Um, I yes, I, I think I think there's definitely a place for front wheel drivers as um, a stepping stone. Definitely, um, it uh, you know you just have to look at, at where the majority of, of drivers have come from, the majority of current drivers, and yes, they can go straight into four wheel drive. But I do think there's something about learning to to drive a, a lesser powered front wheel drive car to the absolute maximum, and and you can do a little bit more sometimes with a front wheel drive car than you can with a four wheel drive car in terms of how how you drive it and uh, yeah i think it's it, it's a shame maybe some drivers won't start in front wheel drive they'll go straight to four wheel drive and uh yeah we'll just have to see how it pans out i guess i think so i think so um as i said at the top it's it's kind of a bit of an an extended any of the business this section so um i know you've got something you want to talk about Ryan champion um uh, i have is it is it your dress sense or you know, I'm saying nothing. Okay. Uh, um, that's going to be awkward to... in a podcast then. But go on. <laughs> what I wanted to talk about, it and, it, and it relates, <laughs> it relates to the last round of the World Rally Championship in in um, in Finland, as it were, in uh, the Arctic Circle in Rovaniemi. But it, it's a bigger picture than that, and. Um, I think it's fair to say that over the last few years, we'd agree over the course of the World Rally Championship, the cream rises to the top. I think we'd agree with that, wouldn't we? Auger, yep. Loeb, uh, Tanak, whoever it might be, regardless of uh, of what's thrown at them, road conditions, road positions, whatever, um, that it hasn't really had an overall effect on the championship. So my thought, and I'd like to get your your opinion. I mean, it's only a, it's only a, a chat because ultimately, what can we do about it? But um, I'd like to get your thoughts on it. Do we? Is it time to think about changing how we go about road positioning on a WRC rally so that everybody, regardless of championship position, has a fair crack at winning each rally? So that there isn't people hamstrung by road positioning. Go to something like maybe a qualifying format on the uh, shakedown stage, as has been done in the, the ERC, so that every driver can win every rally. And and then we have a, a bigger battle for each and every rally. Because, like I said, the cream seems to rise to the top over the championship, so why not give everybody an equal chance of winning every rally? Wouldn't it add to the sport? Mm. It's hard to argue, but we love a good argument, don't we? So... Uh... <laughs> Put it another way, which, which, which other sport holds holds the successful participant back from winning a particular event just because they've done well on other events? Yeah, no, no, I'll have that. Go on, Jack, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, if, we, if I think if we've learned anything from from the past few years, it's that we should be trying these kind of things, even if, we, even if we're not sure they'll work, because... You know, you can't stand still. You just, you, you can't afford to stand still in this current day and age. Things are moving so quickly. Um, you know, we can't predict what's going to happen with things like hybrid and, and how we're going to actually power motorsport. But not just that, we, we don't really understand how media is going to play out and, and how, you know, the social media is going to affect the, the future of, of coverage, TV, things like that for, for the future. And there's so many unknowns that we should be mixing things up and trying things. And, you know, I think, uh, I think on balance the current system works, but I can see the reasoning behind what Ryan's suggesting. And I think, you know, we've seen it in other motorsport and we've seen it in other sports is people are too stuck in their ways and, and look back on the, the golden days, if you like, of, of 60s, 70s, whenever you want to go back to in, in whatever sport. And we can get too entrenched in, in tradition when we should be trying new things and, and mixing things up for the sake of, you know, improving and, and keeping you know the the sport intact for the future so absolutely you know I, I think even if even if i'm not making too much of a specific point about your suggestion right i think the, the the thing i take away from that kind of thing is that we should be trying these things because we need to keep things moving and we need to be trying new things to to keep things fresh yeah i like it. trev 
What's your take? Yeah, I have always advocated a practice and qualifying stage. I think it works really well. Uh, but again, you need to run the practice first so you get the real conditions the same when you start qualifying. And uh, just remember why we went away from that or even the concept of that idea. And you think back to 2015 uh, when not only the championship uh, runners had shown Ogier, uh, 2013 14, he blitzed everybody. Uh, so therefore, they went the extreme the opposite way and they made him run first in the road for two days, which was a travesty. And uh, it was bad enough doing it, you know, for a morning stages on the Friday morning. Uh, he had to do it again on, on the second day, which was ridiculous at the time. Uh, but that was a, that was a ploy. It made it more exciting, clearly, as regards who's going to win the rally. But I just don't think it's fair that you handicap the, the fastest driver to an extreme like that. Um, so, uh, Ryan's absolutely on the money, and I've, I've, as I said, I'm on record to say in a, a practice stage and qualifying, and even, you know, IRC and, uh, and the NERC, the drivers are allowed to choose their road position, um, providing they get their own time, because sometimes drivers don't get their own time and completely bugger <laughs> the whole thing up, don't they? Could you, could you do it with the power stage from the previous event? Would that work? Oh. Uh, yeah, cool. to a point, but you know, on the power stage, you, you've got drivers who want to compete. Now, like a Craig Breen as a third driver, he's not going to compete on the power stage, is he? Uh, I'm, just, I'm just trying to think of a way that you you mix things up to the point where, obviously, if you'd have done this while Loeb was competing, then you're just giving Loeb an easier way to to, to a victory on you. But I think. Ryan suggesting this in this current time is that we've got so many drivers who are capable of winning events now that we've got so many drivers, but we've also got less teams. So immediately. Yeah. You know, if you, you, you're ruling potentially the first two on the road out on a loose gravel rally. So, you know, I, I'm just saying, is, is that fair when we've got so few competitors? Yeah. So, so few front running competitors, I'd like to point out. Do you think, do you, and, and again, I, I, I agree with you, but I'm just going to put, put it out. Do you think the current ruling has had an adverse effect on teams coming in or teams leaving? No, I, I don't think it necessarily has. All I'm saying is we do, immediately take away um, some element of competition as as we saw in the last rallies. Like I said, link it back to the last rally and, and Auger was never ever going to be in, t- in contention on that rally. Now some people might say good because he's too competitive but we don't see in Formula 1 Lewis Hamilton being penalised just because he's he's the, the best driver and arguably the best car. Um, and like I said, particularly at the minute where we've only got uh, uh, three teams, should we be holding back competitors uh, before they start an event? Studio at absoluterally.co.uk or if you want to send your tweets to us. Put it out to a Twitter poll. There you go, Tony. Put a Twitter poll you, you, out. You, 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 you yes do it no. and I'll, I'll send it out. You, you do it. I'll, I'll send it out. Uh, speaking of um, studio at absoluterally.co.uk, we have actually had a couple of emails in. Believe it or not. Jesus. I know, I know, I know. Again, this is the second time. I know, I know, I know. Um, So this is following on. This is from uh, Hugh Charles uh, Davis. So this is going on. um, Just listening to today's offering. Totally agree that the Zaro is the best kick car for me. Second 306. Third was the McGann, the damn French. Um, Bit of friendly racism. God bless you, Jim. don't think the changes to WRC 2 and 3 will make any difference. Rallying is dying due to resistance to hybrid technology. Just look how ACO got. Uh, VW, Renault, Peugeot and Ferrari interest in Le Mans again uh, the WRC real makers need to learn from WEC and IMO, thanks all not not sure that's the perfect example but take the point that they've you know, the Le Mans and ACO have embraced uh, hybrid and, and looked at um, you know new ways to, to do things but also sports car racing is the most cyclical form of motorsport i think in the sense that the manufacturers come in then they pull out then they come in then they pull out then they come in then they pull out you know it, it's it's cyclical so it used, obviously you get it that used to, to be certain... cyclical jack yeah i yeah. think it's changing as we've talked about many a time i think it could be yeah you know you just it's another you know the point i raised before about us not really knowing where where things are going isn't it but you know if you look at if you look at the the history of sports car racing it's very uh, in and out in and out with manufacturers but yeah it's a it's, it's a good point what they have done is listen to competitors listen to well not necessarily competitors more the the teams and and the stakeholders in in the sport and giving them a package that the that they can build to and well acura is another one basically honda that will be in on in that mix as well so they've clearly um you know listened to what the teams wanted and, and given that to them so that's a, a good positive 
relative it, for them. It is, but let's not forget they got into the current situation by allowing hybrid <laughs> and by yeah. allowing and by allowing hybrid to get out of hand. You know, well, this it wasn't it. This... It, it wasn't that it wasn't relevant. It was just expensive regulations that, that manufacturers didn't couldn't justify in the end. So and this uh, is this is a big big part of picking your rules because. You can bring hybrid into early. You can bring it into late. You know, you can do that with any form of yep. you know change in terms of the rules. And you know, who knows if we'd have, if if the WRC had have introduced hybrid three years ago, you know, we could have been in a very similar situation where it wasn't ready for it, and we'd have a worse situation now than we did. So it's very easy to look back on things with with hindsight and say, you know, we should have done this earlier. But at the same time, other championships and other you know, elements of motorsport have made the wrong decision and, and paid the price for it. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a difficult one. And that's part of the reason, you know, we've talked about it being so difficult to predict the future. And, and you, you do have to be very, very clever with your regulations, regardless of the championship. I mean, let's look at uh, Formula E. I mean, three years ago, all the manufacturers were flocking to Formula E. Now we're seeing manufacturers pulling out of Formula E. Um, so it, it isn't just about what, what technology uh, a formula uh, a championship uses but is it is it is it not the the, the shiny new toy as well is there yeah. not a syndrome with that with, with, with manufacturers as well but what's think, what you know what's hot think, and what's not so to speak yeah i think inherently manufacturers want want to be where they get the, the best bang for the buck in the old uh, old terminology don't they they want to uh, get the most publicity they can for their money so inherently they will always move that money around and the, and the other thing with new championships like that and new ideas is you get a, a sense of, you know, the Formula E have obviously gone about it in an entertainment perspective. So they've built the built the formula so that all the cars are really close together and it's very difficult to for, for one car to dominate. So therefore, you know, you've got some manufacturers that, you know, haven't won since they've been in, you know, for Formula E for a long time. Um, and, and, you know, they're going to be less likely to stay in, aren't they? If you make something too competitive, then you remove the aspect of the, you know the manufacturers being able to win so they're going to be less interested so it's um that's that's a bit of a problem that they've got as well i think i'm going to get the quote jack bengian says life moves pretty fast and if you don't stop and look around once in a while you could miss it that's not me that's someone much more famous and uh well you you, you, you speak english than you, me. You, you got halfway through pretty much that sentence before and i thought i need to mark that down because that's a t-shirt quote <laughs> absolutely rally t-shirts with jack bengian Gosh, I could have a few of them, couldn't I? Most you of them could. would be terrible, though. Yeah. Um, just, just before we we go into our quick any other businesses, because that was Ryan's. Uh, have you got anything you want to add to that, Trev? No. Um, no. So just Adamo uh, suggesting it's going to be three years before we can judge whether hybrids a success. Me thinks. I wonder is it a three year deal that Hyundai are about to sign up to? Is that why the three years? Um, but I, I don't think it'll take three years somehow. Uh, I think more like six months. Okay. I genuinely hope you're right. I genuinely hope you're right. I, I'm I'm so on the fence. It's untrue on this one. So um, let's see, shall we? Um, have you got any other business for this week, Trev, that you want to uh-huh. share? Sure. Oh, okay. Right. Strap yourselves in, boys. Trev. Are you good to go now? Yeah, to you. Uh, to me, right. Rally Insights, just before I come on, they put an article by Luke Barry to say that the Ulster Rally is to host the British Rally Championship finale, which is very exciting because it's going to happen in November. So that will allow four gravel rallies, two asphalt rallies. Um, so initially, the organisers revealed, I think it was a seven-round calendar, um, with three asphalt rallies. So that that's quite good. So the Circuit of Ireland uh, tendering uh, Clacton Rally and Jim Clark rallies have gone. So starts with the Nicky Chris stages in July. So, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be interesting to have an Ulster Rally in November, Raya. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> the Ulster Rally can be, uh, can be tricky any time of the year. So, yeah, uh, yeah definitely in November. It's, and it's uh, not just in November. It's the 19th and 20th of November. So, uh, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, it's it, it, basically, even for the, the stages during the day, you're going to need your lamp pod. I think that's going to be one of those because I, I can imagine it's pretty much dark all the time. <laughs> on some of those stages at that, that time of year. Trevor, you know better than me, but uh, that's yeah, not that. I hope they, it's I hope not they bring a night up. stage into it. <laughs> Can you say that again? I, I hope they get a night stage, uh, stage in. Take a night stage out? No, have a night stage. Definitely. Oh, well, last time I did it, God, I'm trying to think, how long ago did I do it? It's 10 years since I've done it. I think it was 10 years ago I did them. We had night stages. They were proper night stages as well. Yeah. 
Very dark. Very, very dark. Very, very dark. Tour head. Oh, wow. Okay. Doing yeah. tour head in the dark would be good. Doing tour head in the dark with black ice would be even better, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> hey. There you go. Um, Jack Bengham, would you like to do your any other business for this week? Yeah. Um, I'll just add that I love the Ulster. It's one of my favourite events. Um, absolutely love it. And one of the, one of one event that's really good at mixing itself up and, and giving its competitors loads of different sort of tests. So it can be quite tight and twisty, and it can be quite fast and flowing depending on where the organisers have the stages. So yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be really interesting to see what stages they pick, as much as what time of, of year it'll be as well. Trev, looking forward to that. Um, my only any other business was that um, I believe that all of the manufacturers in the WRC have now got their hybrid units. So over the next couple of weeks, they'll be working through how those work and trying to integrate them into uh, their packages and stuff like that. So definitely keep your eye out on uh, some well, of I think, the... I think there was, a, it was an image that went out on Matthew Wilson's Twitter feed today. Uh, of just an image his of helmet the, bag. Yeah, 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 and his race suit. So obviously, I'm guessing he might be up to something today in a rally car. Yeah, yeah, it's so going to be interesting. We, we still yeah. don't know when this hybrid unit is going to be used, though, do we? As uh, regards stages, road sections through the service park. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's off. It's off stage, isn't it? That they've that they're still stuck on at the moment, as far as I know. Really? Hmm. We need to check. Okay. We need to come back to that. I don't think it's been announced. That's, that's no. my thing. Anyway, um, my, my, my my other business is um, <clears throat> because I was because I was bored um, and I was doing some bits and pieces on on the back end of of the podcast. I, I decided to look at where it's been downloaded um, over the last few years. Um, and last week's was we had one one download in Tanzania. So if you're listening in Tanzania, um, you're a legend. You're an absolute legend. God bless you. Thank you for the download. Just let your other Tanzanian mates know if they're into rallying. You know, maybe maybe they're all maybe maybe they're loads all, all listening to it on one download. I don't know, but you know, spread the word. And there was uh, th- there was there was one bloke in Japan as well. So uh, I assume it was a bloke. Could have been a lady. Um, if you're a lady or a bloke, or I won't go down that rabbit hole. Uh, thanks for the download. Anyway, um, Jack, you're you're going to slope off now to look after a poorly puppy, which which is a nice alliteration. But not nice in a way. I did have I did have one extra piece of me any bit any other business. Go on. It's that if if you're cold, you should cut your sleeves off. You should cut your sleeves off. Yeah. So you've got a sleeveless jumper. Ah, ah like a right. waistcoat, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. a sweater vest, I think they call them. Sweater vest. Oh, right. Okay. Just a bit uh, of advice for the listeners, you know, if they're, if, or, you know, most, most people would probably think if you add layers or if you add sleeves, you're going to get warmer. But obviously the, the best thing to do, as we've seen this week, is to uh, chop your sleeves off. And if you're, well, in, dis- if you're in distress, uh, sorry, Shrev, if you're in distress, you should definitely use flares where you need to. And MG6R4s had sequential boxes. I, I never, I, I never knew that part. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I'm going. I'm going to sleeve this this afternoon because I'm going to get my first job. Oh yeah, congrats! Yeah. Yeah, wow. An old get, you see, getting the old Bill Gates in the arm. The old get. Uh, we'll know where you are now, Shrev. Exactly we'll know where you right. are. Um, should, should we go to a break and come back with, with Dave Welford? Should we do that? Because Jack's no. going to go and look after a poly puppy. Um, folks, uh, we're going to go to a break. Jack's going to look after a poly puppy, and we'll be back with Dave Welford. This is Absolute Rally. Whether it's the pressures of service or an issue out on the stages, it's vital to have the right equipment to hand. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for the world of motorsport and are being used throughout all forms of competition. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. And welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. I hope Jack and his puppies are fine. Um, genuinely, if you see Jack out... Um, stroking puppies, um, yeah, don't call the police is, is where I was going to go with that. So, um, love and respect to our Jack. Uh, Jack's left us. So it's just Trev, Ryan, and of course, we've now got, we've now got Dave Welford joining us. Hello, Dave. Hi, Tony. How are you? We're, we're all good, mate. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for taking the red carpet invitation that the boys put out to you last week, first and foremost. <laughs> So, thank uh, you for having me. No, 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 it's, it's fine. So, this is one of those things where people say on talk radio, long term listener, first time caller, as it were. So, this is the first time you've been on with us. Um, I, I think you kind of know what we're all about. We, we are quite gentle um, in the scheme of things, but we, 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 we love what you, you've been doing, obviously, with 
um the richard burns fan page and if if folks if you've not um if you're not to take a look at it yet uh go on facebook put put the, the the richard burns fan page in there's some great stuff there how did this come about dave what was the what was the kind of inspiration what was the what was the thought process behind it well, first of all, uh, I should probably point out the group was created by another Dave, Dave Goodship. He started it in 2018, and I came along a year later. He'd seen some of the posts I've been doing about Burnsy on my page and asked if I wanted to come on board. And then last year, listening to your 1995 special, I got inspired to do a 20th anniversary this year. So I lined up some interviews, and here we are. So I, I suppose, and I'm going to bring I'm going to bring Trevor in a second. But uh, tell us who the interviews uh, are with. Tell us tell us a bit of the background, I suppose the, the the story behind it, who the guests are. So we started with Robert Reed, of course, and we covered the first half of the 2001 season, and then we've just had Colin McMaster, who's obviously Burns' best friend and lived with him. Um, I thought he'd be good to give an insight to what Burnsy was like away from rallying. And then we've got a few others lined up. We've got your own John Desborough. And we've got Martin Rowe, Tom Williams, Simon Davison, and Martin Spurrell. And hopefully I've got one of his ex-teammates, but um just waiting to hear back on that one. Okay, exciting. Well, believe it or not, these two will probably give you some stories about, about Richard as well. So, um, Trev, take it away, I suppose. I'm still getting over the fact that it's uh, Tony Simpson's John Desborough. <laughs> Absolute rallies, John Desborough. Uh, Dorset's fine. You offer a breaking point, Noah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, absolutely fantastic what you do. Uh, the Richard Burns fan page, what, you've got over around about 5,500 people members now as part of the public yeah that's right right? yeah Yeah. and you you know Tony's talking about we've got listeners Absolute Rally's got listeners from Tanzania you must have a fair spread of people throughout the world and who are fans of yeah there seems to be people from South America and Scandinavia all your mainland Europe yeah it's a big bunch (laughs) so how much time does it take up uh, you, is it something that you have to do a little bit every day, every night, or is it just something you'll do at the weekend? Or how? What sort of times involved in keeping it maintained, then, Dave? Well, at the moment, because we're focusing on the 2001 season, I'm just trying to post when it's relevant, so when the timeline, when the rallies would have been, sort of posting then, and then obviously the interviews in between. Um, too bad, and just something I love to do. So. You know, I'll always uh, put time aside to do it. So what age were you when you first saw Richard Burns or were on a rally that Richard was starring on? That's that's a while ago then, yeah? Um, well, he would have been on the RSE rally in 1991, which started from my hometown of Harrogate. Um, not that I remember that event, but um, I've seen him on many RACs over the years. And we even went to Finland in 2001. I would have been 14. Uh, so we went to Finland because there wasn't any rallying happening in the UK that year because of foot and mouth. So that was our little rally trip that year. Well, that's a good one to go to then, especially in 2001 with all those manufacturers, with seven different manufacturers involved in it. Yeah, definitely. For me, that was you know the highlight of WRC, all the teams and drivers. And uh, to go there and see Burnsy, Mackinnon, Groner, McRae, and I even got to meet Burnsy briefly. Um, you know, that just that made my day, really. How did that happen? How did you get into that situation where you were able to meet him for the first time? So we were at the... We got to Finland two days before the rally to sort of stuff out where we needed to be. And one evening we were in a bar and Richard... Robert and Robbie had all walked in for a meal and I just took my opportunity to go and say hello, really. Excellent. And how did that go? Uh, Well, you know, Richard was a perfect gentleman and signed my programme and I wished him luck and 
I was probably too shy, really, to have a proper conversation, but, you know, I've still got that memory, so it was good. Excellent. So 2001 was the year after the big crash, 2000, at the end of uh, the first stage on on the Saturday morning. Do you remember that one? I do indeed. Um, It sort of ruined his championship chances that year, unfortunately. Um, I strongly believe that Burnsy could have been the first driver outside of, well, after Carlos and Didier to win Finland. He he had incredible pace there and... uh, he really should have won it, really. It, it was all Trevor's fault, though, Dave, because he was stood there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think. Yeah. Was it aiming for, aiming for Trevor? Yeah. I think I Trevor, Trevor was waving him on, telling him it was flat. So. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the guy he interviewed at the weekend was Colin McMaster, who brought me there. So Colin was at the stop line taking some photographs, um, just uh, some stills of the guys at the stop control. Uh, that was the plan anyway, as we watched Burnsy come into sight, mid-air, rolling into the trees. So Neil Weirden was with me, so Neil and I sprinted down the road. I actually beat Neil Weirden in a sprint at that point to get there first. Uh, <laughs> Angus Watt was there as well. He came down and took some photos. It might have been his pick. Uh, but yeah, part of part of that accident was, uh, I think it was his granddad's ring that Richard used to wear around his neck. It came off in the accident, so... Uh, we had to go back into the car, and amazingly, he found it in the wreckage. He found the ring again, which is a big thing for him at that point. Can I can I ask you, right? Because obviously you, you were you you were a, a young, sprightly man, not as old as what you looked recently. It's fair to say, um, back in this period. So you would have been around Pro Drive, I'm guessing, and around Richard. What's your favourite memories from that period of time with Richard? Well, I'd go a bit further back than that, of course, because I started in the, in the. Peugeot Challenge and, and Richard had, had won the Peugeot Challenge by that time but Richard was a mentor to the Peugeot Challenge so it goes back to exactly what we talked about at the top of the show with you know what you're trying to do with, with your championship um, Richard, <laughs> Stop calling Richard, it my championship well, <laughs> You're going to get me into trouble again You, you, were part you, you should reframe it You'd call John Desborough's championship <laughs> Um, but uh, Richard uh, was very much a, a mentor to the Peugeot program. So he used to come on all the training days and, uh, you know, give us advice on driving and about what he'd been through. And I think probably by that time he was already at Pro Drive. He was already um, in the Subaru. But, um, yeah, still still very much held Peugeot close to his heart. And, in fact, uh, 90, when would it be? 95 when um you know he was already a british champion he'd, he'd moved on to the world championship he actually came back to to do a rally in a in a peugeot he did the manx um in a three or six i seem to remember to to give us all a yardstick so um you know richard was always around the sport and uh you know he, he really did help help other young drivers around him um and you know he was uh I guess very much a, a, an inspiration for people because he'd come through that that one make path. Um, obviously, Colin had, had come through the Peugeot Young Lions program, but it wasn't necessarily a, a one make program as such. But Richard proved that you could you could win a one make championship. You, you got your works drive. You moved on. You won the British Championship. You moved up. So um, Richard proved it was possible without um you know without big funds behind him and uh, we've heard all the stories about how hard he you know he worked on his own program when he had a, a 205 how he was preparing the car himself uh, along with a very small team of friends from the from the motor club and you know he he was a a quietly spoken individual when he was younger but he was he was a determined character and he he really made his own rallying career happen with his, his small team around him brilliant brilliant um before we let you go, Dave, we've got to ask you what 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 else is planned. What else have you got? I know obviously you've got your your secret former teammate that you, you're trying to confirm, but what else have you got planned for the page, mate? Uh, so just more covering of the rallies and just trying to line up as many interviews as possible. So if there's any of you guys there that have got more stories and want to come on board, that would be great. I tell you what, strap yourself in, Dave. Especially, yeah. especially with Aggie and Champion, um, <laughs> there won't be a lot of rally stories, but I can imagine there might be one or two bar ones. From there, yeah, you go. Any, any stories are welcome. Yeah, there you go. Listen, Dave, thank you, mate, for for, for joining us. Thank you for doing it because I know it's a bit of a thankless task when you do these things, and uh, obviously you've been put so much work into it. And uh, we, alongside your pictures of rallying page, Dave, yeah. as well, which has got what eighteen thousand followers or something. 
Yeah, I think lockdown's been kind to me, really. It's almost <laughs> doubled in size this last year. <laughs> it's brilliant, so, though. It, it, it gives us great talking points, Dave. They really do. Well, I'm glad you all really like it, guys. I'm, I'm chuffed a bit to be on your show. Like I say, you know, I've been listening for the last couple of years, and uh, the things that Jack said about me last week, I was blown away. Yeah. It's a shame he couldn't be asked to stick around to speak to you today, really, wasn't he? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it was all richly deserved here. You've done a brilliant was, job. Well was. done. Uh, before we let you go, Dave, um, so you were one of the emails that we actually had in last week. So um, we obviously we, we, we debated. Do you, do, you, do you want me to read out your email or do you want to tell us what your thoughts were with regards to front wheel drive and the better, the better front wheel drive cars? Um, I can tell you if you like. You go for so, it, my friend. But going off what Jack was saying, he was trying to champion the, the Citroen Zara because it won a WRC rally overall. But my feelings towards it were that you need to take in a car that could win on any surface. And for me, the set Ibiza won the F2 championship three years running. So surely that's got to be number one. And then... I would say the Renault Megane was similar. That was developed to a high level on gravel and won the 99 title. So I would say those two are up top. And then the French cars like the Peugeot and the Citroën just after. I'll use the term that you've used in your email because I want to hear Trev take a shot and take a breath. For me, it was a one-trick pony. <laughs> now, Trevor, I knew the, 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 the French cars, the Peugeot and the Citroën. Yeah, you say that, but who did Seth beat in the F2 Championship for three years in a row? I was waiting for this. <laughs> well, you know, Peugeot and that, they were all there. Fight, yeah. fight, 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 fight. Come on, <laughs> finish him, Dave, finish him. I was part of that. You talked about Finland uh, in 1998. I was over with Seth when we brought Gwyndaf over as well to try and help him win the Championship in that particular year. and didn't quite work out for Gwyndaf in the rally. Sure, it was an idea. Um, yeah, so, yeah, and, and it was great what Seth did, you know, and every set that was sold had a sticker in the back wind, window to say they were F2 world champions, which was a great piece of marketing as well. Very uh, so, Very Ryan much. probably hasn't seen the list, or I don't know if he's listened to what we did last week. If he hasn't, he's missed out in, in a big, big opportunity I presented for him. The, the, the dirt fish list, Brian, of, of top front-wheel drive cars. Did you look at I, it? I did. I remember glancing at it. I remember seeing Dave do something similar, but I, uh, I haven't listened to last week. I'll admit it because um, I was in the in the cold, frozen north. So uh, oh, well, uh, There's a limited time offer on something that I mentioned last week, so there's a fair chance, if you don't listen to it fairly quickly, that offer might expire. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a hell of an offer. Okay. Yeah, well, it is it is, hell of an offer. I, I, I better listen, hadn't I? Yeah, and yeah. Then, and then I can comment. Anyway, uh, Dave, thanks, mate, for joining us. Ryan, you can toddle off now. Um, me and Trev are going to do another piece, and we'll be back after this break. Hi, everyone. This is John Desborough, commentator and presenter on the World Rally Championship. I'm hoping you've seen my debut novel, Breaking Point. If you haven't, check it out on eBay. It's a roller coaster ride of deceit and blackmail from a golden age of the WRC. And like a good rally, it starts fast and gets faster. Breaking Point by me, John Desborough, on eBay now for $7.99. Welcome back to the final section of Absolute Rally. Just Trevor and myself. Well, it's not just Trevor and myself, is it? Because um, we got contacted uh, by the Highland Car Club a couple of weeks ago with regards to something that they'd done uh, a little bit special, to say the least, to be honest. Um, and we thought, rather than talk about it, we'd get somebody on from, from, from there. And Paul Glass is very kindly joined us on the line to talk to us about this, this, this rally-thon, how it came about and what it's all about. So firstly, Paul, welcome to Absolute Rally. Thank you for having me. Um, Trev, obviously, uh, you reached out to Trev, and then Trev reached out to me. It's, it, it's one of those things. So just tell our listeners a little bit about the concept, and then we'll talk about more of who's got involved. Absolutely. Well, so um, the Highland Car Club uh, are the organisers of the Snowman Valley. Um, it's the first event, usually the Scottish Rally Championship, and uh, quite an iconic and challenging event, as you can imagine, at this time of year. And uh, we unfortunately had to make the decision late last year to cancel the event based on the pandemic. And during our committee meeting, we came up with a crazy idea that perhaps we shouldn't let the pandemic beat us and uh, we should do something uh, instead. 
So we um, came up with the idea of a snowman rally song, an online day of celebrating the event. It's been going on for over 60 years now, actually. And the idea was to celebrate the six decades of the snowman and have some really special guests, um, not just the special guests, but celebrate a lot of the clubbing competitors and also the people that actually make the event happen, so organisers, marshals, a real celebration of everyone that's been involved. And the purpose was really to try and raise money for local charities. Um, we've been, you know, the local community really supports the Snowman Rally a lot. Uh, Rally is really popular in the Highlands. And we thought this would be a good way to give something back and uh, also to keep the Rally spirits alive during the tough times we've had. Absolutely. Listen, what, what, what we've been talking about that quite a lot, Trev, haven't we, at the top about trying to give some positive good news and some positivity, of course. But um, I'm surprised, Trev, that just to bring you in for a second as well, this is something that maybe it, it could have kept a few more events, I suppose, a little bit more relevant. This is it's, it's thinking outside of the box, but really, it's it, it's it's I suppose it's something that other events could have done, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, it's the first I've heard of it. At least I don't. It's not front of mind of any motor club running a, a thon or rally thon. Uh, so specifically, as Paul mentioned, there are three local charities benefiting from it, and and they've raised a fair a fair amount of money as well. But it's it's not only that; it's the people that got involved in it, you know. And and as you, as Paul is rightly highlighting, there's over six decades of history and stories from the rally. You got the people like, uh, of course, the legendary Zari Vatna, which we'll talk about. In a bit more, but also the McCrae's, Jimmy and Alistair on board, David Richards, uh, Andy Dawson, David Sutton, of course, uh, it goes back many years, uh, John Davenport, Bogey, David Bogey, Andrew Wood, Alistair, there's just a, a host of people, and of course they've got their local club legends, you know, people such as Donnie Ross and Dave McDonald, so it was great to have, uh, to have something like that, and uh, as I said, you know, the last, uh, the last number I saw was something like £7,000 raised, Oh. Yeah, the figure the figure continues to rise. We, we 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 knew that there was too much content for one day for everyone to digest, so we kept the donations page uh, going until March the twentieth, and we also um, Ali Vatnan endorsed a T-shirt uh, celebrating his appearance in nineteen seventy six, which was the last time the snowman was part of the British Valley Championship. There's a very famous photograph of him competing in that event. And Ali actually got involved to uh, come up with the concept and the design of a of a personally endorsed T-shirt, which I don't think he's ever done before. Um, so he got really involved, uh, and that T-shirt continues to be available on sale until uh, the end of the 20th of March, when they'll all be made and sent out. What's the what's the, what what's the best way people can 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 find this T-shirt, Paul? How how is the best way of getting involved? How's the best way of contributing? I suppose buying a T-shirt. Yeah, um, well, there's many ways people can contribute. Um, the, the, the website to, to go to is www.slomanrally.co.uk and that takes you directly onto a landing page where the T-shirt order form is there. Uh, we've been working with a, a, a company that supports the Scottish Rally Championship in merchandise. So they've been very helpful in producing this T-shirt for us. Um, that takes you directly to the order page. The T-shirt is incredibly good value. I'm not just saying that. $24.99. It's extremely high quality. It's four vinyl prints, so it's back, front, side. And it's got Ari's signature um, on it. And what Ari's actually done for us is he's also offered to personally sign 10 of the purchased T-shirts for people. So there's a chance that um, people buying the T-shirt can actually have his own signature on the front page. And, and he's been very active in his own social media accounts as well. I think uh, 3,000 likes alone on his account and you know, he's got a big reach. Um, so it's been fantastic to have somebody with his profile involved. And he's taken a real interest in the three charities that uh, that we've been supporting, which is Mikey's Line, it's a, a mental health charity, Hedwig Highlands, which deals with uh, brain injuries and supporting people through that, and also Highland Food Bank as well. You know, so charities which have been very much called upon during the pandemic. And Ari really got um, really involved because of the, the not just the celebration of the event, but actually doing some good for these charities. Um, and it's been incredible having his support. Brilliant. Uh, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask a question. What's easier to organise, Paul? The actual rally or a rally-a-thon? 
you know, we had this uh, crazy <laughs> idea back in December. You know, we were all having a drink on Zoom and uh, thought this would be no problems at all. Um, I think if you, I think the feedback we've had, first of all, we really appreciated because everyone's really got behind us and, and celebrated um, what we've done. It's absolutely packed. We had 10 stages created for 12-hour rallies on, and each stage had specific content, and each stage took us through the decades of the snowman, so it built up and built up and built up. Um, but I think when you, <laughs> let's say we're all recovering because it was a huge effort, not just to create materials, secure interviews. It's not just from the organisers, but everyone that's been involved in giving interviews in their time. It's been a mammoth effort. Um, I mean, the, 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 the funds raised will continue to increase, and that's really, really rewarding, to be honest. Everyone's been very positive. But, but like you said, um, we don't think any car club's done such a thing uh, before, and um, there's been a huge amount of interest far and wide, not just from the UK and what we've done. And um, I think it's been a great profile builder for the car club, but also just within the community. Um, so all around the efforts, which is huge, hundreds of hours, I would say, um, has been worthwhile. I think because you do it first, you go through the pain curve, you know. I think any other event was doing this in the future, we'd obviously be able to advise them on how best to do it. Um, but so far, we've, we've, um, we've been really touched with the, the feedback we've had. Can I ask, and I know you didn't do it for this reasons, but do you think moving forward um, from, from doing stuff and working with the community like this, when it does come to, you know, returning to rally in whatever form or whatever that will be moving forward post-pandemic, fingers crossed, do you think the engagement now with the general public and maybe not necessarily people who have been involved in rallying, do you think that's going to be an, an easier conversation for you guys now? Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of the, say, the, the purposes of the event was to, to, to give back to the community. We've been very fortunate. The community really supports rallying up here, but it's not like that in every area, I know. And I think um, for us, it's, um, you know, the perception of motorsport and rallying um, and the benefit it gives communities is, I think, increasingly important. Uh, we've seen that with... You know, various um, reports that the Forestry Commission, England reports. So it's important for us, um, um, I think, for the future that we're, we're simply contributing to the community. And this is a great way, a really visible way to do it. But I wouldn't say it was the purpose of why we did it, but I think it will be a, a benefit to us in, in the future um, to, to, to do such a thing. Um, I think this will be a one-off. <laughs> but we, it, was really, it was really interesting that when we reflected as a car club, we, we recognised that over the years the car club has actually done a huge amount of work for local charities. They never really promoted it or, or, or highlighted it. So one of our learnings was the importance of, of, of showing and demonstrating what we do for the community. And I'm pretty certain that MP Car Club has, has done stuff for the community, but I do think it's becoming more important for the perception of the sport. And for, you know, if you think about public consultations in the future for road events, I think you know such a thing is going to become more and more important. Absolutely, absolutely. If if I can ask one last thing, um, now you've I'm, it's impolite to ask anybody's age, Paul. I'd never do that. But now you've had this reflection period, of course, of looking back over the 60 years. Do you, do you have a, a personal favourite period of time? Well, for me, the, I'm really into historic rallying as well as the, the modern day events. But I think the, the 70s was the decade for the snowman where we had three years of British Rally Championship events. And if you take the 1976 event, which we kind of focused on for the 70s I mean, that, that entry list was just star packed you know it was won by Pentia Rickler Roger Clark was second uh, wow. he flew up in his Cessna flew over the stages to check them out before he landed he was good to go <laughs> and then you've got Ali that was you know, he won 14 out of the 22 stages but still finished third uh, but that, that entry list of top 20 was just star packed um, so I think that would be for me a personal highlight um, but to be honest within the club everyone's got their own personal favourite years um, we noticed that every 10 years or so um, at the start of the decade the events always seem to run in deep snow that's been something that only by looking back in history we picked up on and I think another reflection we had was just how much maybe we didn't recognise or celebrate the history of the event you know I mean you can't go back in, in time 
So we found a lot of uh, materials that we haven't seen before as a car club, and we will be doing stuff in the future to celebrate the, the history more. We're thinking about a memorabilia night for car club members to bring what they can, um, because you know we, we, we don't want to lose the, the you know, 60, over 60 years of rallying with very few cancellations, I think four cancellations. It's quite an incredible history. So we really think that um, the events helped us recognise um, that and protect it for the future. Brilliant. Um, Paul, thank you for, for and, and, and to your colleagues for doing this. And obviously, um, and, and thanks for coming on and, and, and kind of talking to us about it. Uh, Trev, I, I don't know whether you've got anything else, but I, I'd, I'd like to let Paul probably go on about his day. It was just important, I think, as you said, to get him on. Yeah, I think so. And it sounds like the guys in the motor club have uh, had the time now to reflect back. Uh, as as anybody who's been involved in a motor club knows, uh, most of your time that you devote to that motor club is about organising events. And you tend not to look back or think about all the good times and enjoy and reflect. And certainly this has allowed the guys to do that, which is great. And that memorabilia now it sounds, sounds like something that's great. Um, the T-shirt's fantastic, folks. Uh, I've ordered mine at the weekend there. As Ari Vatnan said, uh, it's 45 years later and it's only just available, so quite exclusive. <laughs> and and he's also said that uh, you should buy it because the next one from him won't be until, until 2050. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, and it's available until Saturday the 20th of March, uh, as well as the, the opportunity to donate. There's a bobble hat on there as well, folks. And it's just, you know, all the effort that's gone into it, it's the easiest thing to do is just to go on and, and just any, any change that you've got to contribute to the guys and local charities would be good for me fantastic Paul thanks so much for joining us on Absolute Rally my friend yeah, thanks Trevor and Tony no worries at all you look after yourself folks that has been Absolute Rally for this week thank you so much for the download it is really really appreciated um, just so you know just to build the excitement the keel the competition the next one is coming soon so stay tuned for us spread the love spread the word be back same time same place in the podcast hall next week Absolute Rally Powered by the Kielder Works team. Spread the word and download the podcast every week.